Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Security Ledger podcast. I'm your host, Paul Roberts, editor at the Security Ledger. The security and privacy of Internet-connected consumer devices is set to become a huge issue as a projected 50 billion Internet-connected devices come online between now and the end of the decade. Our guest today on the Security Ledger podcast is Nitesh Danjani, an independent security researcher who's become something of an expert on security and internet-connected consumer devices. In August, Donjani revealed the presence of security vulnerabilities in the Hue internet-connected light bulbs from Philips. And at a recent conference in San Francisco, he and I spoke about some of the problems that he's encountered studying devices by Philips and Belkin that are meant to be deployed in homes, but that contain serious security vulnerabilities and flaws. Well, hello, my name is Nitesh Danjani. Uh, I'm an executive director at a large consulting company. I'm speaking here at the Anfim Forum today um, on the topic of IoT security. Um, as part of the demonstrations, I showed how to hack into the, or abuse the Philips Hue light bulb system, the wireless Hue uh, light bulb system, to cause a sustained blackout. I showed a demonstration of how future generation malware can abuse baby monitors to invade on your privacy, as well as turn your appliances off, as well as be able to view your home or your office remotely by abusing an issue in a wireless net camera. And the point around all of this, the themes that we need to be taking away is as we look into the future into 2020. We estimate that we will have 50 billion such devices in our homes and offices that we are going to come to rely upon. The themes that we're seeing in the current generation IoT products today is that there's a lot of local trust. So if you're sitting behind your, your uh, router at home, the way the light bulbs are being designed, the way the baby monitors are being designed, the way the Wi-Fi and video net cameras are being designed is there's implicit trust on the local network which will enable a future where next generation malware authors can abuse this sort of a design architecture to invade a privacy and also cause potentially physical harm. One of the things that you showed was that um, very often there is either um, weak authentication to these devices or no authentication at all. In other words, as long as you're on the same local network yep. uh, and you have the mobile app, uh, you're able to uh, connect to these uh, smart devices. From a design standpoint, obviously the idea, I guess, is to have these easy to use and implement. Um, but why is that a problem? People might say, well, it's a local network, so... Yeah, I mean, so we look at the estimate, right? 50 billion IoT devices in the affluent nations, I'm assuming that's mostly Europe and North America, which basically gives us the estimate that you're going to have at least 30 such devices per person in our homes and offices. Nowadays, we probably have a laptop, a desktop, or an iPhone that's sitting behind your wireless network at home. We know in the enterprise, we've already accepted the hypothesis that flat networks are a bad idea. And we're struggling in many large enterprises to solve that problem. But in the home, you know, we don't necessarily have talked or had a conversation of why flat network at a home is a bad idea. Um, but with the, if you're going to have about 30 devices in a home, so thermostats, or baby monitors, your fridge, your door locks, and all of, this, all of these devices are going to sit on one flat network and trust each other, I think that puts forward a very compelling case for why just because it's a local internal network that everything's okay, that's a bad idea. One of the things that you said in your presentation is that today most malware 
um, that infects the network will do some kind of scanning. So yeah. it will attempt to find other vulnerable devices on the network. And what you're saying is in the not distant future, those scans will encompass not just traditional endpoints yeah. like laptops and desktops and servers, mm-hmm. uh, but also Internet of Things devices. So they'll be looking for... yes. IP-enabled stuff. Absolutely. If I'm a malware, if I'm a botnet herder, and I'm, my, it's my job to infect as many machines as possible with malware that I may have tailored. What does my what does a typical malware do today? It infects your machine using an exploit, or b- just by virtue of you have clicking on something. As soon as it gets on your local network, it finds other machines to infect. But at the same time, on the machine that it has infected, probably perform keystroke logging and other sorts of credential stealing. Right? And so if I'm going to be writing future generation malware, in addition to doing the things we do traditionally, I'm going to be looking at all these devices, finding out if they exist, and then using some of the techniques I talked about in my talk, registering and getting gaining access to these devices, and then taking the registered token and ferrying it back to the botnet herder. So in the next generation botnet herder, with this, his or her, her dashboard, is not just going to have access to your credentials, but also have access to devices that are sitting at your home that you rely upon so much. Now people are going to say, well, these aren't traditional endpoints. They're not running traditional operating systems like Windows, although many of them are running Linux or some variant yeah. of it. Um, what would they? What would they then be able to do with a compromised Nest thermostat or Belkin baby monitor that they could also do with a more traditional? Well, look at a baby monitor. I mean, it's basically eavesdropping on your conversations. Yes. And, you know, I don't have much of an opinion on what NSA is doing. But you're a baby, so you're just babbling. Babbling, right? But, I mean, if you're assuming you're a parent or if the <laughs> thing is placed in a yeah. place where there's a sofa nearby <laughs> and people are talking. Um, and you can marry that thing where you're listening to the baby monitor, but the attacker does not have to be manually listening. Hmm. You can tie that to a open source project that can take and transcribe it. Mm-hmm. and transcribe it and look for keystroke, I mean, look for patterns that you're saying that could be valuable. Kind of mechanical Turk type. Exactly. You know, right, right, right. And so you can kind of see how creative we can get in abusing these things. Mm. And, you know, we know the NSA is finding different ways to pry on our, on our lives. I mean, this would be another avenue. So, so some of these companies are small startups, but some of them, are, and including the companies whose products you're uh, you've been evaluating yeah. uh, are quite large. I mean, Philips obviously is a huge company, and sure. Belkin is certainly not a small company. Yeah. What has your experience been interfacing with them about the security issues in their products, and how much awareness is there internally of the issues that you've discovered? With the Philips uh, issue, I actually tried contacting them for about a month and a half. The only way I could get in touch with them, or any way I could find a contact, was their Twitter account. And I direct messaged them. I got an email email message back saying yes please go ahead and tell us the issue and my response was I don't think 140 characters enough (laughs) can you give me an email address to send this to and the other message I got back is no no go ahead and tell it to us right here on Twitter (laughs) and so when I went public with it uh, within a couple of hours I was on the phone with their chief architect and we had a wonderful conversation they sent me free gifts and Mm. they fixed the issue with the Belkin um, issue especially with the netcam I went to secure. Uh, I tweeted at their. And this was a, a password, username, and password sent in the clear. clear, right? I tweeted at them. They sent me an email address. I sent a screenshot of the issue, the Wireshark capture, with the protocol, the TCP po- outgoing port, the IP address it's going to, and I just couldn't get through anybody who understood what that was. Um, and so the whole Belkin thing is what kind of Wireshark a, was. Uh, yes. And so I. Um, 
I think that is unresolved as far as I know. Mm. Uh, the one company that I didn't talk about that I discovered a very small issue last week, when I reported that, their founder got back to me mm. and said, thank you for doing this. You mm. put in a lot of work for us for free that I would have paid consulting companies for. And they are working diligently to fix that right. small issue. Right. Uh, it's a company called Smart Things. Um, they're doing it right. Everything connects out to the cloud. Yeah. And it's all SSL outbound. I'm not, of course, saying that they're 100% secure, but they're better than any other product I've seen, and they're a, they're a smart, they're a startup. So if you're making, if you're a company out there making a, an intelligent, a smart product, you've got some formerly inanimate object that was dumb, and you want to make it smart. If they were to hire you to advise them on that, what is the basic blocking and tackling that they need to be able to do to do it right? And from a yeah. from a security and data privacy standpoint, I think Smart Things is doing it right. In fact, their concept is to, unlike Nest, mm-hmm. their concept is to make the end physical devices as dumb as possible mm-hmm. and do the brain power in the cloud. Yes. So you're not out there replacing devices. Right. Um, but the Nest model is to do the compute in the hardware and then yes. you have to swap out the device. Yes. Um, what they're doing right, I think for now, is everything's SSL, everything connects outbound. The only caveat to that is then if you know if you have a door lock, for example, and somebody chops off your cable, you probably need backup 4G. And we need to think through these sorts of wireless backups as we look into the future. One of the things I've noticed is that there's kind of two conversations going on in the Internet of Things security space. Mm-hmm. One is around the type of thing you're doing, which is when we think about Internet of Things, we think about all these consumer devices cause that are really cool, right. um, but many of them have uh, security and privacy issues with them. Um, and then there's this kind of other big trend, for example, uh, medical devices, uh, industrial devices, critical infrastructure, the, uh, you know, he- heavy machinery that are adding sensors and management interfaces for remote monitoring and yeah. stuff. That seems to be where a lot more activity is going on. Right. Um, any sense that the consumer space is particularly bad, but these industrial a- applications are, are better and more secure. There's more of a conversation going on, on that side of the equation. I think there's definitely more conversation going on in the industrial side of things because we have those that type of hardware deployed everywhere, and we depend on it critically, and a lot of it is extremely based on legacy platforms. Mm-hmm. But I really think the Apple way of things is going to drive our future, and what I mean by that is... We can have all these legacy devices, these things that we, we, the protocols that work today in the industry. But as people can buy these devices at home in I, in, from Amazon or walking into the Apple store, they're going to start bringing these devices to the office sure. and just start using it. In the same way, look at how Apple is flourishing now in the enterprise. Mm-hmm. It's not because they support the enterprise, it's because they've won the customer's hearts at home mm-hmm. and they're coming to work and saying I want this to mm-hmm. work and I really think that's going to happen in the devices that I'm looking at they're going to come into our offices because people will just bring them All right. so it's in essence what we saw happen with smartphones right yeah. uh, but times a hundred right because yeah. the, the, the proliferation yeah, I mean, of devices we have bring your own devices we have bring your own applications bring your own identity bring right. your own apps now we're going to have bring your own smart devices right right yeah Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with Security Ledger. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks.